I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, welcome back oh, to the Talk of Movies Pictures. Where have you been? Well, we were here last week. And the week before that. And if that's not true, then there's been a grave error. I think the space-time continuum is fucked. Just in case any that has happened to a couple of people. And you've lost the last 20 or 30 episodes. Lost, you know, since maybe, what was it, November, December. Let's just list some of the great guests that we've had since then. We've had <laughs> Sylvester Mich- Stallone. The Michelin Man. We've had the Michelin star. <laughs> we got just one. Yes, this podcast has been given a Michelin star because we serve up such hot, tasty uh, reviews. So if you um, missed all this, guys, I'm so sorry. Oh, Christ. But you can and, go back in the feed. They might turn up one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I just choked. I wanna, as, you can all, see, they, as you can <laughs> see, our broadcasting style has only got better after the, over the last I'm, few months. I'm more professional now. I, yeah. Under your... Mm. Mm, the same, which the was same great. if not better. Which was, uh, and if not better than the same, I've not missed anything. We've been recording every single week since November. Don't worry about that. Um, but just which in is case, weird because we never did every single week. Before no, we've that. been we've actually been going more frequently since then. Uh, so we're just going to dial it back now because we're working so hard. We're going to be going back to uh, fortnightly, if um, that, and with no guests. So, um, oh Tim, what was that? Why, why after? Because of this last run of great guests over the last burned, twenty or thirty, we burned through them so much quickly. There's um, none left. There's none left, and 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 you can tell that by the fact that we were actually interviewing fictional characters by the end. So, oh god, so many Michelin Man, for example, and the Michelin uh, Star, yeah, and Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Um, that is a song, and the fact that we stooped so low as to interview. A, a piece of sort of you know different medium that's bad that is bad well what we've decided is um oh. to not have any more guests and to yeah. actually you know get into the nitty-gritty of what the show is about which is movies so what we're going to do rather than interview a guest about their movie we're just going to mm. go see a movie and then talk about it so which so we're, we're you know, usually well, usually we ignore all these screening requests because we're like, why do we need to see the movie if we're talking to the person in the movie? They can tell us about the movie. Why do That'll we need us. to waste an hour and a half watching yeah. a movie when we could waste 45 minutes talking to someone in a movie? Please. 
So now we're gonna we're gonna put a bit more effort in now that we've run out of gas, done them all. So we're gonna go Run to left. a screening, watch a movie, and we'll just yeah. review it. That will be the format from now on, uh, unless more actors are born. In which case, maybe. We'll I mean, I can see it happening. I don't want it to happen, but I can see it happening because you know that's just the environment we work in these days. They're just well, born. Well, it's, it's all classist, the time. isn't it? Now is act acting is classist now is what they're saying. So if you you only do it with money and being in a good class. The problem with with capitalism, the you know the, the lower the lower classes, the upper classes, they're getting smaller. It's all about the middle class, which means we have less Tiny. actors. And who's the teacher of politics. that class? Movies. John Malkovich. So, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so let's get on to Marvel news. <laughs> Oh, of course, because, I mean, there's been, over the last few months, there has been so much Marvel news, and we've covered it so all, just, obviously. A lot of the Marvel news that I've been delivering since November has been so uh, premonitionary, premonitory, that, that uh, it's, like I've got, it's like I've used it all, and I went so far into the future that actually I've used up what you would have as news, and it's I went sort of two years into the future at one point, and it was like, that's so news. So now Wait, it's gone. What are you saying to me? <laughs> I said it's gone, and, and actually, I need to, Marvel were getting annoyed. I was delivering some exclusives that they were not happy with. And oh, so many exclusives. So I've got to let it build up again. A couple of weeks might be enough time. Uh, so currently, I won't be doing the Marvel news because you've had such good Marvel news since November. Oh, but, Tim. Uh, but rest assured, oh, Marvel- I've been suckling on the teat of Marvel news every week for the past. God knows how long. You're going to take that teat away from me. You're going to rip that raw nipple no, listen, from my mouth I'm, and square all over the floor where no one's listening. You're a big boy now. All right, I'm moving you on to I Marvel Powder. I am a tiny boy. I'm moving you on to the Marvel Powder. Uh, I'm just weaning you off that. So in a couple of weeks, I'll just drip feed you the Marvel news. Yes, please. Um, okay, fine. So no Marvel news. So have we got regular movie news or the other movies that come out there that aren't as good as Marvel? Yeah, obviously. Marvel uh, mo- mo- uh, mar- movie news. Go. <laughs> is there a theme tune? Is there? Yeah, didn't you hear it? Ah. Oh, did I talk over it? Okay, play. The uh, theme sorry, tune. I ha- no, oh. Tim. I haven't played it yet. I haven't played it. No, sorry. Okay, and yeah. action. What does that mean? That's like oh, sorry. That's what they do um, and it, the, for when the movie starts recording. And here's the movie news. Movie news. Um, okay, so Tim, do you know, have you been on your uh, Cinema Blend uh, newswire this this week? Uh, I'm off the internet at the moment. What? Mm, just a sort how of... Are you uh, supposed to, how, wait, hang on. How are you... Well, you're off the internet. Yeah, I'm off. I'm off it. I'm you off internet. Sit on the internet. Everyone's off the internet. The internet is something you go through. Okay, I'm out of it then. I'm I'm away from it. It's uh, it's a it's a it's a cancer. So what's happened? You've got cancer. <laughs> no, the internet's a cancer, and and it it hurts us all in bad ways. What's the movie well, that, news, Andy? That actually uh, that actually leads quite well into our movie news because uh, we're talking about Deadpool, who, as everyone knows, had cancer. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, talk about Deadpool, please. I mean, some say it's the cancer that gave him his powers. It's the cancer that keeps on giving. Do you know what isn't giving? Uh, receiving. 
Okay, so let me tell you about the Deadpool news. Oh, yeah. For, the, for this, this news. Um, so I was, went on an article today, and mm. quite honestly, Tim, mm. I was shocked. Uh-oh. Yeah. I was shocked. Am I sitting Because down? I went on. Yes. Um, okay, so do you, are you aware of a guy called Rob Leefield? Well, I've, I think it's pronounced Liefeld, but no, I'm not. Well, me neither, because he is mm. uh, not someone I know about. But do you know what? He is in mourning. Deadpool. This this uh, on Cinema Blend. This this article title says Deadpool co-creator Rob Liefeld mourned the loss of Donald Glover, and yeah. uh, I'm very confused by what this means because Donald Glover, as we all know, is a person, and he's mourning him, which can only mean one thing. Uh, he dead. And is that the full headline? There's, there, well, there's there's well, there's some weird letters after it. It says F. Double X, and then the word adaptation. Yeah, it says Deadpool co-creator Rob Liefeld mourned the loss of Donald Glover's, and then the F, and then the double X, the word adaptation. I think FXX adaptation is uh, the is that like futuristic visual effects or something? No, I I think it's the name that he's taken instead of Childish Gambino. So that's now his. That was his music moniker for a while. Oh, so his music moniker is FXX adaptation. So he's more than the loss of both the actor and the musician. Well, the music's dead as well because he is. So, and he produced both, as we know. He was Charles Gambino, sure, sure, adaptation, sure, sure. and Charles Gambino. Uh, and, oh, so, what does this say about all the music? And is this America still? If he said, it "Well, was, this is this is on. this is what's confusing me," to be honest with you, because I don't really understand what what the Deadpool co-creator, what his relationship with Donald Glover is, why he's the one in mourning and no one I else think, seems to be that bothered about his death. Because of the, um, I mean, if you look at the This Is America video and uh, we all have, and you know, I'm not sure that anyone's quite nailed down the uh, interpretation of it yet. And maybe that's what we should be doing. Uh, there are references to Deadpool in it. And actually I think that's what he's saying is, oh, he was making Deadpool call again. The music video was. And who's there to do that anymore if he's gone? And if you look, there is, um, there is guns in it, and that's that's kind of that's kind of what Deadpool has. Do you remember the first time you heard FXX adaptations um, mixtape? This is America. It came out after This Is America. What was it called? It called This Is Not America. It was, it was set in Sweden, <laughs> right? And it was just like a, a literal geographic song about listing all of the places that he's not in and it was a game it wasn't it if i remember rightly it was a sort of what's the thing is the thing about the thing about childish gambino is he's all about like metaphor and things like that but as soon as he he took on the fxx adaptation uh moniker he just became very literal yeah i think uh if memory serves it was it was a sort of ai augmented reality game which was like this is not this country this is not another country and then you had to guess based on the clues given in the video, what it was. And there was meatballs around and there was ABBA. And you had to say, where's this? And he's right. It's not America. It's Sweden. It was actually, yeah. I think, I, I mean, I cracked it. It's weird, isn't it? Because it's very hard to to kind of get the visuals from a song sometimes. And he had to literally just throw out references of things. Let's talk about the This Is America video and the interpretations therein. What do you take away from that? Is it uh, is it talking about gun violence or is it about the moon landing? I I, I don't know. I can't say. You know. You know what? Why do it like, in Hollywood these days? You got to come down on one side of the fence. You got to go. Yes, I'm for it. No, I'm not for it. I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence. Uh, don't force me to answer. So uh, my interpretation of this is America video is that he is oh he's a provocateur now. I think um, is RFXX. And he's trying to say, this is where we are, and that is the state of the country, 
And what that means is um, there's too many cars. And if you look, I think there are cars in the video. And he's saying the gun guns don't kill people. Cars. Yeah. Do you know what I'm going to do, Tim? Yep. I'm, I'm still confused by mm-hmm. this, this headline. I'm going to Google FXX adaptation. Yes. Uh, I always come up with the um, the same article. It is Donald Glover. It's come up with the same article. Oh, no, here's one from the um, Independent. It says, Deadpool creator mourns the loss of Donald Glover's animated TVs. Oh, no, no. I've got this wrong. Okay. I've got this wrong. Hasn't happened yet. Interesting. What's, what, explain. So... It's, it's not Donald Glover that's been murdered. It's a TV series uh, that he's working on that's well, been murdered. I was, you know, I was going to, I'd, you know, scripted the end of this segment. I was going to say Donald Glover dead at 34, but he's not. He's alive and well. So that's really fucked this up. Fuck that script up that you wrote. <sighs> Do you know what else he did in that video? Um, he smoked a weed. Oh, well, fucking what's he expect? That's that's so illegal and like that's his brain on drugs. That video, what a fucking whack job. So, um, Tim, now that we've oh. got the uh, the news out of the way, um, oh, we can get to the real meat of this episode. And as as regular listeners will know, um, there's a point. There's an absolute point to listening to this uh, podcast, and that is to learn about movies, but not only watching movies listening to them this podcast is 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 important for those aspiring uh movie creators which as i believe they're called creators of movies uh let's so and how do we tell them that to how so 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 one of the we've done this a couple of times on the podcast before and it's a a segment that we like to do called charlie and the great glass elevator theme tune and basically please play the theme tune And basically, um, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator Pitch is a segment we like to do which helps aspiring movie makers learn how to get the ideas out of their head. Because you know, Tim, Tim, when you have an idea, you know, you know where it comes from. It comes from your head, and to pull it out there, you don't want to. Well, it goes from the heart up into the head, and then you. Where next? Where next? Yeah. Where next? The mouth and, and then the screens. Well, this is this is the grey area. I the grey, right? But I pitch that. Nope. So pitch what you got to do Andy. is you've pitch got to film the grey. Liam Neeson plus wolves it's, equals movie done. That's the sort of. I mean, don't ask me to do something if they're yeah. Just well, you fucking uh, okay. Fair point. So um, this segment is basically where me, oh. Andy. And you, Andy. oh, the oh. listener, and Tim. Listener. Sorry, what? I don't, I confuse myself. This is the segment where me, Andy, oh. and you, and Tim, listener. and the royal you, Tim. the listener, um, learns how to pitch their movie ideas Andy. to oh. the man in the elevator. I'm looking at the man <laughs> in the elevator. 
Asking him to make a deal. And this is how we play the game. Uh, One of us provides the other other one of us with a series of words. And using those words, that's the movie title. And the other person has to pitch that movie based on that title to the man in the elevator who then decides whether you get your movie made. And if you don't get the movie made and he doesn't like it, he drops you down the elevator shaft for some reason. And he has, and he, and he has exactly. And to be honest, if if he if he didn't drop you down the elevator shaft, you should just fucking throw yourself down there because yeah. you're worthless. You've got nothing, and that's why you need to learn and how to pitch a movie. So he, it turns worthless. out, he is the man who's in charge. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, um, absolutely. So who's Charlie? So um, well, I think uh, how about I'll be Charlie in oh, this okay. this yeah, instance. That takes the pressure off. So um, let me just get the bowl from underneath the studio table. It's a bowl of what? Ah, there we go. Let's plunk that on there. And uh, okay, which bowl would you like the words for me to take the papers of words from the, the top, top one, one, please? And just rustle, rustle in the paper, and the paper's white, which is the same as Charlie the drug. And the first word is blizzard. Which is the same colour as Charlie drug. the Drug. And Charlie the Boy. He is white, yeah. Uh, and which a bowl next? The the one that is kept in the cupboard under the okay. stairs. Just give me one second. Okay. All right. I'll just rustle in the bowl. There's white paper. There's Charlie. Cocaine. Um, and this word is... Monstrous. <laughs> blizzard. I monstrous. So there is a there is a silent colon that... after the word blizzard. <laughs> I was going to say, is that is that grammatically uh... okay? Blizzard colon monstrous. And then the last monstrous. word. Where do you want that from? And uh, oh, and I had a the, ball behind uh... me the whole time behind my back. Do you want this one? Okay. Oh, oh what's nope, that I behind your ear? That is um, it's a bowl of words. Do you want it to be from that? No, I want the bowl of words oh, behind okay. your oh, ear. I didn't, uh, oh, I didn't think I had one. Well, oh, why didn't you check? Oh, there's a bowl of words behind my ear. That's so many words. That's and magic. That's magic. Uh, so, blizzard, silent, colon, monstrous. I'm just going to word out this one. Rat. Blizzard, <laughs> monstrous, rat. Yeah. That sounds like a phenomenal uh, blizzard, movie. Blizzard, colon, monstrous, rat. <laughs> so, okay. get in the elevator. Hi, Charlie. What move... What movie have you got? I'm in the elevator. <laughs> I'm going to pitch a movie that I've got called Blizzard, colon, ah, Monstrous Rat. go on. All right, so this um, this movie is about the 29th member of the um, So Solid crew. I can't remember 29. how many members there were, but if there was any... <laughs> at least. If there are any um, 24 in the familiar incantation... <laughs> Then that's still absolutely fine. There's an incantation. This is the 29, what is the incantation? And there's another. I don't know. I haven't heard any of their songs, but I presume they're incantations. Please. Let me pitch my movie. This is about Blizzard, the 29th member yeah, of oh, the yeah. So Solid crew. And here is a. It's one of those lad movies, you know, one of those lad movies. And Blizzard is out there and he's he's trying to hit on all these girls. And, and all these girls are Go like, on. Oi, Blizzard, you are oh, a okay, good. monstrous rat. Gonna... Yeah. Okay, it's an encounter one. Yeah. 
and he's going out there he's dating all these women and he's like they're like you are a monstrous rat and he's like what do you mean i'm just you know being myself and they're like yeah and yourself is a monstrous rat and he's like what are you talking about and he's just grown up like over the years um thinking he was all that and all this kind of stuff and it's kind of like these ladies that are calling him this monstrous rat and he's like what does that mean what does that mean? Basically, he kind of goes home after a date one night where they call him a monstrous rat. And this is like the 17th and they've all time used the same phrase. that it's happened. And that's less than <laughs> the number of So Solid crew members. They all say, you are a monstrous rat. And he's like, well, if everyone's saying phrase. it, it must mean something. And it's like he goes, he goes home and he looks in the mirror and he realizes he's a giant rodent. Okay. And he's, and he's now, and he now is a rat. And he, and he is a rat. And he's like, ah. Oh, yeah oh shit i get it now like all this time i've been you know like kind of going around with all these women and like going hey they call me a monstrous rat but like you know i've got i've got a good heart and all that and then he goes home and he finds out that it's not about the heart it's about them it's, it's about the, the fact that he's a monstrous rat and these girls don't want to date him because it's uh, bestiality well, uh i'm not even sure they're even concerned about getting to the sex part i think that just seeing a giant rat in a restaurant I mean, you take someone to your favorite restaurant and that person is a rat. All of a sudden, you've got a health and safety situation on your hands. I mean, it wasn't all of a sudden. He was always a rat. He sort of um, catfished them or ratfished them. Well, the thing is, that's really not... This is, this is all within the first two minutes, Tim. Like, we're not, we're not getting joke, to it. Okay? <laughs> he's put a picture on Tinder of a human face. He turns up and he's a rat. And obviously, he's ratfished them. Okay? I mean that that's Look, not going in the that's movie. That's just for me and you, drama. okay? And what oh. in this elevator? All right, let's save it. That right? Give me yes, a minute. Should on. we should we hold hands? All right, say it again. Yeah. Would you say that he's rat fishing them? And this whole this whole section takes part in the that? first two minutes. Okay, so like this, this isn't is what the movie is. Incident, this yes. isn't what the movie's about. It's an opening montage. And so basically he, the inciting incident is he finds out he's a monstrous rat. And so he goes home and he's just like, Oh my God, who am I? Who am I? What am I thinking with my life? And he goes around to his, his parents and he's like, mum and dad, um, why did you tell me I was a, I was a, I was like a a little question. And has he changed into a rat or did he he always been a rat and and he just somehow didn't realize? Well, this is the thing because like that kind of says to you that, Oh, he's always been a rat and his parents have been lying to him. And it's all about like the relationship between this guy and his parents. But that's actually not the case because they go, son, this is the, this is the first we're hearing about it. Like last time we saw you, you were a normal bloke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> something's yeah. happened and we don't know what it is so we never find out what it is house, and he says mum dad I've got something to tell you this is... and their reaction is whoa 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 whoa, whoa. something's happened there because <laughs> he is a giant monstrous rat <laughs> exactly and they're yeah. like he's going in there like to have it to have it out with <laughs> say, like why didn't mom, you tell why yeah. didn't you tell me i was a monster right you've been yeah. pretending i was a boy this whole time they're like this is the mom, first monster right. i'll stop you there blizzard you I knew you walked in because you are a monstrous rat and so he's like oh no Nothing. like what's happened no and we never find out because we don't have the budget for it and but when he leaves, he's like, "Oh no!" And this what's is going still, on? So he's like, he decides to minutes, kind of right? go back and make amends with. Uh, well, um, and he goes outside, 
and he like looks in a puddle <laughs> at his reflection. He's like, oh, what's going on? He realizes that people haven't been lying to him his whole life. He's still him. This horrendous thing has happened to him, but it's still yeah. him with his personality. He's still the 29th member of the Soul, he's, oh, soul, he's still soul rapping, Crew. Yeah? He's still got that going for him. He's still beautiful on the inside. And so he's like, I'm going to go back to these girls. Yeah. I'm going to woo them with my personality, you know. He goes back to this, this he calls it, he, well, he goes around the house, this girl that he went on a date with the previous time. And he opens, she opens the door and he goes, Sophie. You get used to it pretty quickly, I imagine. Well, no, because she's seen him as a monstrous rat. Fuck. He goes yeah. back to Sophie, who yeah. called him a monstrous rat the, the night oh, before. God. And she answers yeah. the door and she fucking screams her shit off. Oh, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah. oh my God, you're a monstrous rat. And he's like, I know, you told me that last night. And she's like, no. Oh, hang on. No, 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 no. You are now a literal monstrous rat. Last night, last night, you were just flirting with other girls. And that's why I called you a monstrous rat. And he's like, yeah, exactly. And he's like, something's happened here. Am I a monstrous rat or am I not? Can I I ask and maybe preempt something? We never find out. Maybe you're saving it for the I don't know. Does he at any point start to train for for monstrous turtles? So this is a split. (laughs) You're right. I am saving that for the sequel. This is okay. this is an origin story. Splizzard. Splizzard, yeah? Yeah. And and she's just like exactly. And and she's like he's talking to her and he's like, no, 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 no. Let me explain. I oh, was a monstrous no rat last night, but now I'm actually a monstrous rat. We never find out how it happens. Beats, and she's like, No, this is terrifying. She goes to slam the door in his face, but he kind of like puts his hand in the way to stop it. Door kind of shuts on his hand and he's like, Ah oh, shit. And he kind of pulls his hand yeah. out and he's like, there's loads of splinters in his hand. <laughs> and and just, that's how Splinter from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And was like, uh, that's, I mean, that's a big one. And, um, and this is, so this is what I'm thinking. Budget, like it's a low budget, kind of rated art low budget. origin story for Splinter from the Teenage Mutant uh, Ninja Turtles. Can, can it be found footage? Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. Um, if we can find any, okay, sure. So we're in the elevator. We get to the top floor in the elevator because that's yeah. how long you've got to pitch it. This is a very tall building. Yeah, yeah, pitch it. takes to get up and work out how yeah. it works. Uh-huh. Get to the top. Open the doors. And I say, mm-hmm. well, Andy, Mr. Price, your film, Blizzard Curl Our Monstrous Rat, hyphen a splinter story yep. is seems like you're infringing on the copyright of <clears throat> a franchise sure. that Michael Bay has worked very hard to make brilliant whoa hold on sorry are you Charlie or are you Michael well, no, he's producing it he's, he's in the shadows of oh the, sorry of the let's let Michael have a, have a I'm sorry Michael, Michael hasn't said anything yet You've got to ask him a direct Um, question. (laughs) Yeah. Michael, are you planning to produce any uh, origin stories for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise? And can can this be one? Okay. Yes. Charlie? Yes. What? Sorry, he's just he's just saying he'll do it if I agree to make the film. Well, I mean that's it. He's he's Who's Charlie here. Say, not a problem. Yeah, so I'm I'm big bollocks. Yeah. studio head. 
I am. Whoa. Sorry. Is this Descent from Charlie? Well, I mean, if you don't want to make who's a movie... The, who's the Charlie? Bay, then you're fucking... Yeah, you're fucking Charlie. Get out of this elevator. Get in that room. Get right Charlie. in. It's a deal. Charlie and the Grey Glass Elevator Pitch And that was Charlie. Stick Bye, around. Charlie. Bye, Charlie. Oh, there he goes. Great ass. So stick around for the <laughs> review movie of the week, which will be reviewed by me after what's next, which is nothing. Don't touch the dial. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And we're back. Tim, you went to the theater this week, didn't you? I can go, obviously, because I had to have a hysterectomy. But... Well, you say you had to. It was elective, but okay. Well, was it? Uh, So you toddled off to the cinema, and you went to see what is now our movie of the week, because we only saw one this week, and I wasn't there. So you're going to have to uh, review it for the listeners. So, Tim, can we start by... um, Tell me about the atmosphere in the theatre. The atmosphere in the theatre. Are uh, you aware of 4D cinema? Semi-aware. Okay, which which half of you is aware, or how which half of what it is are you aware of? I'm semi aware of cinema, fully aware of 4D. <laughs> Outside of cinema, you're fully aware of 4D. Absolutely, it's everywhere. Right. Real life and is just 4D. Ex- and, and just and just repeat back to me. Just explain to me what it is, so I can clarify. What 4D right. in cinema? Oh, what cinema? No, 4D cinema. <laughs> okay. So 4D cinema is you can see. That's one dimension. You can hear. That's the second dimension. You can feel. That's the third dimension. And you can smell. That's the fourth dimension. You're 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 close. Smell is two of the dimensions. Sure. And 
you can't touch anything because that sort of ruins it. So, so it's, it's like, in many ways, form. it's like a, uh, a, a ladies' dancing club. <laughs> yeah, no touching. And you can um, smell everything. It's very, oh, so strong, the smell. Have <laughs> you ever been to one of those, one of those children's theme clubs, theme parks, where, for example, you might go and watch a live pre-recorded film mm of say honey i shrunk the kids and in in said film a big dog will be sneezing at you the audience because actually it's called honey i shrunk the audience and the dog sneezes and a bit of water just pisses out of the seat in front of you uh so it's like you're really being sneezed on by a real big dog and you're tiny no so i okay well that's what this film is and it's it's in four dimensions it's it's not uh, traditional in that so the, you asked about the atmosphere, Andy, and basically they, they, they make it really stink up in the auditorium. Uh, they put you in sort of roller coaster seats. But it really stinks. Um, and, what does it stink of? Well, it depends on the scene. Some of it was very scary, so piss. Um, and also, uh, there is actually weirdly a dog in this that sneezes at the audience. Right, but, okay, so well, should, this is a horror film. Yes, but I should clarify that the dog that sneezes in this film is normal size, and you as an audience member are normal size. So there's really no reason you should feel it on your face, but I did. So what, So is it even 4D? Oh, it was more, it was too much uh, dog sneezing. It happened five times. Basically, it's a it's a horror dog film. Horror dog 4D horror And this dog. is a new genre, as I understand. Yes. How many films have there been in this genre? Is this a genre-making film? Uh... I think it might be first of its kind. The thing is, I really think that they were, it feels like they're building the movie just based on the idea of a dog sneezing at the audience um, and wanting wanting to make it. And what's so terrifying about that? Just the vulnerability that you have in front of a dog and that it's sort of not even bothering to cover its mouth or that it's ill, actually. And maybe it's giving you something like, you know, worms. And so the sneeze is the equivalent of like the jump scare. Yes, and there is a music musical cue every time they sneeze. So you can see it coming. Uh, no, it just ups the scare. It just ups the jump, and it really, you know, it it makes you sneeze almost <laughs> like yawning. Is it like like if you saw a dog yawn on screen, that would make you yawn? <laughs> if the dog sneezes, then no, you automatically you sneeze. sneeze. And then obviously there's yeah. all these germs going around in the theater, and everyone gets ill, and that's what's really that's, horrible about this that's, horror and that's full film. And that's another dimension. It's a, it, the illness that you get from the film stays with you afterwards. Forever. Um, well, maybe, uh, at least until the sequel comes out. Oh, sure. And that's the cure. And that's what, that's how you get cured. That's the cure. Because <laughs> the cure is airborne. Yeah. They just um, inject medicine out into the theatre. Um, so tell so tell me about this this cast. What what, what have we got? So, are the dogs the lead actors or are they incidental characters? Well, they are on leads. So you've got the dog from The Artist. Yeah, people say it should big have, people, We've discussed it. People say it should have won an Oscar. The problem, the problem with that dog, I can see why he's doing a, a horror movie at this stage, because as soon as you get typecast, it's almost like the only way out of that situation is to do a genre flick, you know? Yeah, and he can, we can hear it this time as well. Uh, do, you, do you worry that the dog is basically living out the story of the artist where he obviously was silent during the artist because it was a silent movie mm. and the one line went to the human actor? Is this yeah, him kind typical. of 
doing the same story as 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 the actor as the main guy from the artist now doing this film going hey guys look i can speak like i don't need to be typecast anymore so you are right jean de jardin is in the film and it's you know it's maybe the only film he's done since the artist apart from monuments men and mm. probably something else shit and yeah he doesn't speak but the dogs you know they've got a lot to say but not in english if you remember from you know how they how they are they're dogs so it's just, just nothing so the dog doesn't speak in this doesn't speak english andy but it does make noises with its mouth you know sneezing it um uh, sneeze barks uh so jean de jardin is kind of the main guy who he's I mean, I think they're playing off the idea that we only heard him speak a little bit in The Artist. Um, it was our line. Now they're going, oh, let's make him silent for a full film at last. Mm, uh, to really know, kind of progress <laughs> beyond the work. Well, shut him up, you know, for a change. Um, and he's kind of the uh, the hapless idiot that bumbles into the, the trap of the doghouse. It's sort of a house of, you know... I mean, not wax, but it is a kind of house of horrors. Okay, does it melt? A uh, sort of torture house. No, uh, and that's you know, in in that way, in that way alone, really, yeah, it's nothing like wax. Um, it, it's, it's in a car with his girlfriend, and they break down, and she's kind of having a go at him at the beginning for not being communicative enough in their relationship, uh, and that is because he doesn't speak, and you know, he can speak, he just chooses not to, and they break down and. Uh, you see a little flash of fur across the windscreen and you wonder, oh, did the dog bite the tire? And Can I just stop you there, please? So you say like a flash of light goes across the, the windscreen. Fur, dog fur. Dog fur. Yeah. That, to me, sounds like the first jump scare of the movie. Okay. So, I mean, yes, there is a flash of fur and there is a sneeze on the windscreen, which causes him to swerve, crash. He sees that he's got a flat tire. And could you feel the flat tire in your seats? So the front left corner of your seat just kind of sinks by about a centimetre. And uh, I didn't notice. I was told I was told this afterwards. Yeah. And as far as I'm aware, no one else noticed in the cinema. But, you know, I did I did have a list of all the things I was given. So, for example, you, you see, you know, everything the character sees. So this is shot entirely in POV. Of the main no, character. just that bit though. Just that bit. Just that bit. Okay. The, it's like you're in the car and you see something, and it's like, oh, and he does. So it's like you're there. So the switching between camera angles here, which is very interesting, because you really don't see that enough in movies. <laughs> so what yeah. you're saying is this isn't too many single track, single tracking shots you get these oh, days. Oh, absolutely. I'm sick of this Birdman Renaissance shit. Yeah. So you're saying this movie wasn't in one shot. So many shots, oh, that's, Andy. That's. Do you know what? Do you know? Do you, do you know what, Tim? I'm refreshed, actually. I'm actually refreshed. Yes. It is it's refreshing for me. I feel like go oh he's what oh thirty degrees outside and I've just jumped into a swimming pool. Cause I'm refreshed. Ice of ice cream. I feel oh, I was, oh. like I've just drank a carton of coconut water. Because yeah. you know what, Tim, that's actually more refreshing than water. The water, yeah. And I feel like I've drank all the coconut water in the world. Oh. I'm refreshed. Oh, okay, it's good. Okay, it's not like you're hurting. Any Dutch angles? Yeah, actually. When you when he crouches down by the car and he looks at the tyre and it's flat, it's, it's, they've dutched it right up. So hard. And it's almost double Dutch. It's so much over to the side. Anyway, so he, he breaks down, goes up to change the tyre. 
I mean, they have crashed and it is, you know, bad because they crash right into um, a sort of person. Ah, oh, um, tell me about this person. Who's this person played by? Uh, an unknown, but it is a, a stranger and they knock him with the car. He gets out to change the tire, goes, probably shouldn't have killed this guy. Goes to hop back in the car to tell his girlfriend, look, love, I've right full killed someone. And who's his girlfriend played by? Uh, Anna Kendrick. Sure. Um, and so he pops his, get back in the car just to deliver the bad news. Here, darling, I've full on done a murder. But when he gets back in. No, no, no. He no, looks no, in the no. I think I know seat. where this is going. I don't. No, she doesn't, does she? Does she? And who should be there? But not Anna Kendrick, but what do you think it might be? Christine Hendricks. <laughs> from from Madman. Yeah. No, it is actually uh a dog. Uh, um Well that's so he, better than what I thought would happen. I thought he'd open the car door and Anna Kendrick And it was Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought he was going to open the door and it'd be Anna Kendrick there yeah. playing the cup song. And I thought <laughs> that might ruin the tone of this this horror movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have done. And, and thank God it didn't happen. It was just a fucking dog. Anyway, he's talking to the dog and it, it, it doesn't say anything. It just kind of barks. And then you get, a, weirdly, and I don't know if this has been done in films before, and, and you're the expert here, Andy, and so am I, but there is a, a sort of dog's eye point of view shot which is the dog from the artist looking at Jean de Jardin. See, that's in interesting, car. isn't it? Because presumably they'd have to work in the 4D effects yes. there as well. Because as soon as the the movie puts you in POV of the dog, then you have to, they have to do something that makes you feel like a dog at that point. So can you explain what they do in the 4D scenario to make you feel like the dog? Yes. So essentially um, the ceiling opens up. And uh, if you remember from school, PVA glue, as a sort of thick, creamy white substance that just pours. Forbidden yogurt—that's what I called it. <laughs> yeah, that the forbidden yogurt just kind of pours down in vats from the ceiling, and then people just—I mean, there's no machines for this—but people just kind of walk around with big bags of hair and fans, hand fans, and they just just release the hair into the audience, and you just get coated in it. So it's like it was—I mm. oh, felt like a dog, and and that was the purpose of it. And did the seats? And- do anything maybe to force you onto all fours you know what they did is they, they all tipped back and the ushers came in and started rubbing our bellies oh um, that's see that's that's good because obviously what i said is the obvious thing and what they've done is gone no we really they're gonna be thinking they're gonna be like what next what are they going to do next to make you feel like a dog yeah and what they did was they completely just it's surprising yet satisfying at the same time so, so the point here, Tim, is that when they do this and they make you feel like a dog in 4D yeah. was so that when they're showing you this POV shot, you feel like you are a dog. But presumably, once when they, they, they tip you back, you're no longer looking at the movie screen. <laughs> no, well, the problem is, Andy, there's only, one, there's only one point in the movie when they do a dog POV shot and it is about three seconds long and it's that shot and it doesn't do it again. So you are left for the rest of the movie covered in glue and dog hair. And it was dog hair. I of the And also, did the seats not go back to normal so you're watching the rest of the movie on your back? <laughs> Well, luckily they shut the ceiling and they started projecting the film 
there. It sounds like an expensive screening, Tim. How how can this movie possibly hope to make its money back? You know what? I don't know that they're necessarily going to be doing the same for every single screening of this film. Maybe it was just for the critics. See, that's not very good, is it? Because then if we're reviewing it based on, on the, what what's happened here and going, oh, it's really good because they've got this 4D experience and then people go and watch it and they go, well, this doesn't make sense. They've shown me a shot from the POV of a dog. I don't feel like a dog because they haven't made me feel like one. What's going on? These yeah. guys said this was their movie of the week. So I kind of feel like we've been... Yeah. Been had. And, and how would you think gonna make us look bad you're going to be looking at that film in the cinema you're not going to be covered in glue or hair uh you're not going to be sorry. on the back getting your tummy <laughs> sorry to break it to you listeners you will not be on your back and your tummy will not be being rubbed by an usher Ugh. and you're going to be looking at a screen which you know might be mostly they might put a filter on so it's mostly blues and yellows which is how dogs see but you're going to be thinking well how can this possibly be a dog's point of view if i'm looking at it and i'm not a dog Mm. and it will be thinking who's even looking at jean de jardin because i know there's a dog there but that's not me it's not me either exactly and who is it and you're thinking oh there's another person in the car now that he's looking at because he's looking right on the barrel of the lens oh that's ridiculous Anyway, we'll move on from this scene because this is obviously just the, literally the first scene of the film. Um, so luckily I knew that it was a dog and I was suddenly the, the artist dog in the film playing a different character, of course, as he's talking. And you see another dog behind Jean de Jardin reaching through the window with a handful, pawful, of chloroform, knock him out, and then they get him off to the doghouse. Mm. Um, and that dog... That chloroforms him is of course played by Scooby Doo. How's he looking? He's uh he's still CGI, unfortunately. He hasn't made it live action yet. Oh, that's a shame. So Tim, I want to hear about the second jump scare. So he wakes John the Jordan, he's you know, he's wakes up, he's been through some torture, they start doing shit, and he's like, Why is just happening to me? But he is French and he doesn't speak. So mm. it sounds different. It's kind of like they play a bit of a trick on him and they say, oh, I bet you're dog tired now. And there's a lot of dog puns. Give me another one. Um, well, you know, there's loads. I mean, um, face like a bulldog chewing a wasp. So the second jump scare comes on. He is kind of, he thinks that he's escaped but actually orchestrated it. So he that does. he feels like he's been unleashed. The dog's orchestrated. John DeJardin thinks he's escaped to the dogs. Yep. But actually they're like, we'll let him think he's escaped. So that when he, you know, fails, it's all the more delicious and yum. So how many, how many, how many dogs are in this, in this film, in the main, in the main cast? Honestly, Andy, there was not a good time for me to count them all. But if you can think of every single, it's kind of like the Ocean's 13 of dogs. Uh, and that's not to say that there's 13 of them, but it is to say that every single one of them is, you know, famous in some way. Dog from Richie Rich. Yeah. Um, and di- and presumably that dog's CGI in this as well. Why? Because it's dead? Yeah. No, they've done a kind of Weekend at Bernie's thing with, <laughs> yeah. with the dog. I, I, you know, I say that in the sense that they're Weekend at Bernie's in the audience because we're not supposed to realise it's dead. Um, or are we? We're going so you got sunglasses on it. <laughs> Little suit, Scooby, and uh, the dog from the artist propping him up. Yeah, he's never without a companion. He's never stood like moving around without a dog right next to him. Uh, and any of his lines that are spoken sound exactly like the voice of the dog next to him. So, so is Scooby the only one that can talk in this film? 
Well, yes, and the dog from Richie Rich, because Scooby does his voice. And I'm not sure if that's supposed to happen or, you know, just some ad-libs on the part of Scoob. He's obviously a great improviser, as we know. Oh, I mean, like, I'm not sure if all the listeners know about his uh, his background in the in the UCB, but, oh, my God, his Harolds were just... You hear about the UCB, the UCB 4, uh, Matt Bessa, Raymond Polar, Image, uh, Matt. No, fucking the other ones. The thing is, they had a dog, and and he was not part of the four because he is not human. I thought we'd moved on. Yeah, you know what? Me too. I thought we'd moved on from like by that point in time. I just thought we'd moved on. You think that you know he'd be recognised as a contributing member of the UCB and the UCB Five is what they should be called? And you know, suddenly you know he's not getting calls from them anymore. He's not even got a guest starring role in Parks and Rec, and yet. He put as much work into those fucking theatres as anyone else. <sighs> Second jump scare. As I said, he thinks he's escaped and he's got some, you know, bits of <clears throat> thing stuck through him, like a ring through the hand. Uh, and he's got obviously a spiked collar on, but it's spiked inwards. Ouch. And he's found a room with a phone and it's just a phone on its own on a little plinth in the middle of the room and it's set up by them. But you think, oh, fortune favours the bold. <laughs> yes, he did shave his head for the role. And he comes... See, 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 Tim, can I just stop you there? Yes, please. Do you know what really annoys me about modern Hollywood? I already I already do, but please tell the listeners. Well, I, I don't understand, right, that... They're getting this actor mm. who has a beautiful set of hair. Known for his hairs. Known for his hairs. I don't like that they are forcing him to shave his head. When, 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 when there are so many actors out there that mm. already have no hair. And that's a choice. Let They've made that you know, choice. Just off the top of your head, name five. It's Michael Rooker, Bruce Willis, Jeffrey Tambor, Michael yeah. Chiklis. And Dean, Dean Norris. <laughs> and Dean Norris. Is taking roles away from legitimately bold or born bold actors. And just off the top of your head, name three born bold actors. <laughs> uh Jeanette O'Connor. Um Actor, is she? Uh, the, uh sure. Yep. The, the the kid with the spoon in the matrix. Yep, born bold. And the pre precogs in minority report and the other options you could have had were of course uh dean norris bruce willis jeffrey tambor <laughs> the boss baby the boss baby and of course alec baldwin billy baldwin stephen baldwin eric baldwin ginger baldwin scary baldwin and dean norris <laughs> so he's, he's in the room and he sees a bloody phone and he goes ah time to call the police he reaches forward to pick up the receiver, ready to dial, uh, and the numbers, of course, are nine one one because this is set in America. Reaches his finger down to where the nine should be, and at the last second, he suddenly realizes, Andy, it is not a phone. Uh oh, it's fat, a dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he, what he picked up was another smaller dog as the receiver, and he goes to press a dog, and it is just a, a, a dog. And that's, and that's where you jump, because you're like, I expected that to well, be Well, the dog that he picks up, the dog that he picks up, is obviously right next to his face. <laughs> yeah. And instantly sneezes. Oh, no. Into his ear, a sort of um, 
sort of phantom wet willy, if you will. Yeah. You know, no finger involved. And what you get in the theatre is you <laughs> you get an usher running up to you and uh, just spitting in your ear. We we don't have much time, so what I'm going to ask you for the final, just give us three final jump scares because if the if if they if we don't tell them what the jump scares are, then they're not going to want to see it. So we I just need you to no, them. we fair. can't let them go. Well, we don't know if we go see this movie now because we only know about two of the jump jump scares. The other three might be shit. Jump scare number three is they kind of start to organise a, a ransom situation where they're saying, "Hey, listen, we'll maybe let you out, but we need something in return." And so they get him to record a video for. That's right, Anna Kendrick, because it turns out that she just ran away, and that's why there wasn't a uh, dog. There was a dog there instead. So doing a Skype call um, uh, with Anna Kendrick and Jean de Jardin, he says, oh, you know, money is what they want. And so he says, this is the amount of money, and, and I won't tell you how much it is. I don't want to spoil the film. He'll say, oh, that's all the money that they want. And she'll say, okay, I've organised it with the police. Um and as a little bit of fun, Andy, the police that they actually interact with are police dogs. They send a briefcase, put it outside this giant uh, sort of abandoned asylum, because isn't that scary? Oh, is that one of the and, jump scares? Uh, no, but get ready. Yes, it is. So the asylum jump scare is, is just, uh, you see the word asylum on the screen, they kind of pan up and it's sort of over the rotten, dilapidated gates of mm. the building. And then an usher will run up and just scream the word asylum oh in your ear. Oh my goodness. And obviously, obviously, let's be clear, when it's out in theatres, you're not going to get yep. that experience. Yeah. So it's an asylum and the police dogs sort of nudge with their nose and isn't that cute? Nudge a briefcase oh, so along cute. the floor to the front, so cute, front door of the asylum, yeah. grabs it and pulls it inside because he kind of has yeah. thumbs in a way. And he pulls it inside and all all the dogs are gathered around in a room next to Jean de Jardin, tied up so uh, in a dog lead with a spiked collar on the inside. So cute. So cute. The combination on the briefcase, three zeros, really easy. They do the combination, they open the briefcase... And they expect to see a lot of money. Wedge. Cheese. Bucks. But instead of money, it is a dog. It's a police dog that was in and the briefcase. Jump? Well, the dog jumps out and he's got a mace, which he does use on, you know, Scooby-Doo and the gang. And the gang in this case is not Fred, Daphne, Velma and... So it's dog on dog violence. It is, actually. Oh, uh, just to clarify, the dog, in this case, the police dog, uh, is played by Dean Norris. You know what makes me yeah, sick yeah. is when bold men come along thinking they can play dogs. Because there's plenty of dog actors out there we've seen in this whole film. And what they've done is they've given a bold actor a, a dog's job. Yeah. Well, he shoots the mace. He shoots the mace. And I should clarify just quickly, he shoots the mace at all the dogs. And that is um, when you get a POV shot of Jean de Jardin, who accidentally gets mace in his eyes. And at that point in the theatre, an usher will run up and mace you in the eyes. That's so clever. Yeah, because, I mean, what they've done is, is if you want to kind of really recreate something that a character is feeling, you and can just so literally clever. do the exact same thing to that's them. So clever. That's so clever. Because what's funny is I know... I know that, you know, on the set, well, they did not use so real anything, because they're Real actors. life is but more us, real we don't than a movie, which has never been done before. That's, That's remarkable. <laughs> Isn't that unprecedented that real life should be more real? Then you've got the end chase scene. I just said the fifth scare. And, and, you know, listeners, if you don't want the film ruined, 
um, then don't watch it. Don't watch it because you get to the end and the ending will ruin it for you. So basically, he does escape with the help of the police dog. And then he offers, he's like, oh, hey, you should be a police dog or man, whatever. And he's like, no, please, I'm happy with my yeah, uh, bakery. That's his job. Basically, you know, that kind of film finishes and he was not in the place and he gets freed, ends up back at home with Anna Kendrick. Uh, and their home is the bakery. They live upstairs from the bakery. Now you think, oh, that's happy ending, end of the film, denouement. Do you just say demi-more? Denouement, which is French for ending. And so basically, uh, film ends, you think, and then the door opens, who should walk in but demi-more? And she has a uh, box. And she says, hey, I ordered these muffins from you, you know, the other day, and I picked them up, and they're not what I was expecting. Don't they know who she Could is? You- Oh, she's, uh, no, she's playing, um, uh, she's playing the character of, of Anna Kendrick, weirdly. Um, do you know, do you know, do you know, do you know what really <laughs> bugs me, Tim? Do you know what really bugs me? Is that there's plenty of actresses out there that can play Anna Kendrick. Even in this film. And what they've done in this film, there's an actress that could play Anna Kendrick. And what they've done is they've, they've given it to Demi Moore yeah. as if Demi Moore doesn't get enough roles that she has to take roles from Anna Kendrick. It's oh, disgusting. Honestly, Andy, you can't move for Demi Moore films these days. Um, so she comes, she says, hi, my name's Anna Kendrick. You might have seen me in Pitch Perfect and others. And then Anna Kendrick, the actor playing a different character of a normal person, is just, I mean, she's so professional. She's just like, yeah, I love your films. You know, not so much Pitch Perfect too. Uh, so she comes in with the muffins she says I ordered these yesterday and they're not exactly what I was expecting pops them on the counter and says can you do them again I'll come back tomorrow to pick them up and I do expect them to be proper muffins and not this shite that you're giving me leaves Anna Kendrick the actress not the character then Mm -hmm. says okay husband I'll just go and get the oven prepared to make some more muffins why don't you open that box and just see what was wrong with them that we don't make the same mm-hmm. mistake i think i know where this is going to and he opens the box and it turns out that uh he was a dog the whole time he was john the Jardin. i'm confused yeah so was i because he clearly isn't he is just a guy and i mean he's literally owning and running a bakery i think they're trying to set it up for a sequel where he kind of you know, is uh, a dog a dog man? Oh, and then at the end it says, "P.S. And we were human." Ah, oh. <laughs> and how did they express that through the medium of four D? Well, I don't know. Well, it's just tricky, <laughs> isn't it? Because <laughs> it is tricky. You're right. I'll tell you. Well, one thing which I thought was weird is that at the start of the film they came and gave us all a giant box of muffins each. Oh, okay. And then at the end of the film, uh. When he opens the box of muffins, you're, I mean, what you're probably thinking, Andy, is that we open the box and there's paper in there and we read it. No, what happens is the usher comes up and just opens our box and it is muffins, but they just are forced to eat them all really quickly in front of us so that they're gone really quickly. Yeah, and they have to eat about 12 each because it is a full box. Oh, wow. And it's really disgusting. And there's also no paper, you know, behind. It's just like, just, just the jump scare. Because the jump scare is that there's no muffins. So they have to really quickly show the, uh, that there's no it muffins. It has to be really quick, otherwise it's not scary. But we can't stress enough that you will not experience any of that because that won't be a theatrical release. No. So, Tim, um, this film is out next week. Um, you guys now know everything about it, so you can decide whether you want to see it or not. Tim, what's it called? It's called Barking Mad. 
because of course they are an asylum and uh wouldn't you be so angry if you I'd got kidnapped leaded. yeah and they are dogs which is the barking bit it was good the finger Tim, Tim, uh, the Tim, spitting Tim, in the ears Tim, and Tim. yeah oh yeah. um you don't need to give a summary that's not how we do it on the show if you're trying to explain how good it is just give us you know a fat number of stars out of five fat number of stars um i would i mean i mean it's the movie of the week andy mm. you have to remember that oh i and remember the fact that the fact that i didn't watch any other movies this week should not diminish this movie's place as movie of the week it was i guess by default better though and it is therefore a five-star movie barking mad in cinemas uh next week if you want the ending spoiled go right ahead and go see it i hate spoilers so i'm not gonna and we'll we'll be back for another episode in a couple of weeks yeah and you know more of these more of these more of what the, the episodes thanks for listening andy yeah um I didn't want to... I just thought I should leave something for people. I didn't spoil the entire film, but there is actually sure. a post, post-credits scene. What? Yeah, there's a sixth jump scare. No. You said yeah. there were five, Tim. I did, and that was a deliberate mislead. What's the uh, what's the sixth jump scare, Tim? So, um, while you're you're sitting there, and maybe you're indoctrinated by the MCU, and you're thinking, oh, is there a post-credits scene? So you're sitting there anyway, you're waiting for something, mm. seeing what happens. Sitting there, lying on your back, and covered in hair, and <laughs> spit in your ear. <laughs> A big <laughs> box of half-eaten muffins on your lap. Just as the usher is finishing the muffins in front of you, and most of them were just sat on the floor, sort of being sick. You, know, you look up at the screen, credits roll, yeah. they finish, black screen, and then just in big white letters on the screen it says, look at your usher. And, you know, true to form, I did look down at the usher, and you'll never guess what I saw, Andy. What, what did you see, Tim? It wasn't a dog, was it? No, no. It was usher. <laughs> And every single usher, and there was about 40 people, 40 critics there. So 40 ushers, every single one of the ushers was just usher. And they will be doing that during the theatrical release. Well, yes, because that's part of the reel. Uh, and I don't know why. That's just, you know, that's what it says in the film is to look at your usher. And I don't either they're changing that for something and the usher is gone. Or it's, you know, your own father. But it, it should be something, and hopefully it'll just be Usher again, and, and you know, Usher and his forty of him, you know, have something to do. Well, it's good to see him getting work again. All of them. Bye. <laughs>
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.